Welcome to the Forward Healing Project. This is a weekly podcast where we acknowledge the challenges and grief experienced with infertility and miscarriage. Through honest and real talk, we will share stories, explore emotions, and seek healing by reclaiming, redefining, and renewing what it means to heal a hopeful heart. Welcome to the Forward Healing Project podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Allen. I am humbled and honored to be a part of your journey and grateful that you're a part of mine. If you're not already following me on Instagram, I'm at Forward Healing Project and also Healing Hopeful Hearts. You can listen to past episodes on any podcast platform you subscribe with, or most of them. Any shares and ratings are always appreciated. And please hit subscribe so that you know when new episodes come out. So for the past bit, several weeks, months, I think it's been May 31st was the last episode. Um, I've been offline. I needed to reset and refocus and come back refreshed. I did this in a few different ways. First, by being really honest with myself about what I could and couldn't do in the time that I had and not feeling guilty about not being able to do everything all the time. Honestly, I think I was burnt out personally and spiritually. And I've come to learn that that's okay. It happens to all of us. The important thing is to take the time you need and find out what's causing the burnout. So I went to confession for the first time in a really long time. And of course it helped, but something was still off. Fortunately for me, this was all leading up to my planned eight-day silent retreat, which I went on earlier this month. Among the many graces I received while I was there, the biggest one was that I started to see the issue that was causing my burnout. I was feeling deep acedia. I don't throw that word around lightly. I've had spiritual dryness, but this was different. This was acedia. This was a complete lack of care to the point of defiance in my spiritual life and kind of life in general, but mostly my spiritual life. I really hated it. It was really painful. It made me sad and at the same time, completely indifferent to just about everything. And not indifferent in a good Ignatian way, but in a slothful way. So I had identified that prior to going on retreat. And I took that with me and trying to unpack it. On my retreat, I began reading a really beautiful book called Braiding Sweetgrass. It's a book written by Robin Wall Kamirer. Not sure if I said her last name right. Robin is a botanist, Native American, and author. She tells a beautiful story of her life, love, struggles, and triumphs by weaving in stories of plants. Or perhaps it's a story of plants that she weaves in the stories of her life. I'm not sure as to it was so beautifully written the two became one through her stories. In one of her stories, she talks about an old swimming pond on her property and how it had become overtaken by the environment with algae, weeds, plants, vines, tadpoles, ducks. She talks about how this freshwater pond that had been clear and cool had become a swamp. She spent countless hours trying to bring this pond back to its original state while trying to preserve the natural ecosystem that had gone wild 
and turned the pond into a mucky, slimy pit. As I was reading it, this really hit me. I realized ecosystem, that's what was wrong. My ecosystem was out of whack. I had allowed my ecosystems, yes, plural, because we have many that make up the whole. My ecosystems had become overgrown and unruly and I had become murky in my heart. I think the core ecosystem that was suffering was my spiritual ecosystem, which of course impacted everything else. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to go to mass. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to do anything. I had a priest tell me that the solution to acedia was discipline. I heard what he was saying, but it was more. It was my ecosystem as a whole. I needed to uncover that before I could find the discipline. When I read about that pond, I immediately connected it to my heart. I had allowed my ecosystem to become overcome. Now, I think the priest was correct about the discipline, to a degree. But first, I had to go through some really deliberate agitation, just like that murky pond. Like Robin trying to clean that pond, I had to put on some metaphorical hip waders and go into the deep with a rake and a net and start cleaning the debris. And just like her, I had to be careful not to kill everything, but to create enough agitation to clear out what was no longer creating calm, cool waters. After a week of really amazing spiritual direction, beautiful scenery, and yes, a discipline of prayer and daily mass, I began to see the bottom again. The water started to clear and I was able to breathe again and see the other side. So what does this have to do with healing journeys and for miscarriage and infertility and childlessness? I think, well, I know grief can create damage to our ecosystems. And I thought looking at your heart, your spirit and your life as an ecosystem might help you as it helped me. We all start out in this life as a calm, cool, freshwater spring. And as life goes on, we allow that spring, that pond, to become cloudy with the wounds of life. And when we are in deep grief, we can forget that there ever was calm, cool waters. We really forget that with a lot of work, most of which requires intentionally wading into the muck, we can reclaim those calm, cool waters. And that's why I ask to think about what an ecosystem is and reflect on that. On a National Geographic webpage, an ecosystem is defined as follows. An ecosystem is a geographic area where plants, animals, and other organisms, as well as weather and landscape, work together to form a bubble of life. Ecosystems contain biotic or living parts, as well as abiotic factors or non-living parts. Biotic factors include plants and animals and other organisms. Abiotic factors include rock, temperature, and humidity. Every factor in an ecosystem depends on every other factor, either directly or indirectly. A change in the temperature of an ecosystem will often affect the plants that grow there. Animals that depend on plants for food and shelter will have to adapt to the changes, move to another ecosystem, or perish. Ecosystems can be very large or very small. 
Now look at that as your life. Everything impacts everything. If you eat poorly, you gain weight. Weight gain can cause physical aches and it can cause negativity in how you view yourself. That can impact how you interact with people, your relationships, how you look at yourself in the mirror. If you eat healthy, you feel better because you're giving your body the nourishment it needs. And that can impact positively how you interact with people and the things in your life. If you're struggling with infertility or grieving a miscarriage, it impacts how you think, feel, eat, and interact with people. And this impacts your ecosystem. Now, you cannot control the infertility or miscarriage, and you can't control if you're childless, but not by choice. But the way you approach that struggle can have a positive or negative effect on your overall ecosystem. Most of the listeners have been here or know someone who has been in this place. A pregnancy announcement from someone can tank you, make you feel depressed, and those very true but very harsh feelings negatively impact your ecosystem. When we lose a loved one, we grieve. Something that was someone that was adding joy and nourishment to our ecosystem is gone. And that can allow for new things to grow in its place. And if we're not careful, those new things might be damaging or invasive. Hopefully you're sticking with me here for the world's longest analogy, because I'm going to go a little deeper. So we were once a nice, clean, clear pond, and life experience have come along and made you darker, murkier. And if we allow those moments, those times in our lives where we are struggling, where we are sinking, if we allow those times to run wild, they will overtake our ecosystem and choke out those calm, clear, cool waters. We must become aware of what we are allowing into our ecosystems. And just like a pond cannot control if it's hot and humid outside, thereby creating more invasive plants to creep in, we cannot control when bad things happen. We cannot control when painful things happen but we can choose to get into the mucky waters and start clearing out the pond. In the book, Braiding Sweetgrass, Camurer says, transformation is not accomplished by tentative waiting at the edge. I felt that pretty deep. If I wanted to clear my pond, I was going to have to dive in, aggravate a lot of bad habitats that I had allowed to grow there and get to work. Maybe where you are in your grief or on your healing journey, that sounds impossible. And right now, for you, perhaps it is. But there is a way through. You can get back to calm, cool waters. Here's another quote from the book. This one might sting a little. (laughs) It says, It came to me once again that restoring a habitat, no matter how well-intentioned, produces casualties. We set ourselves up as arbiters of what is good when often our standards of goodness are driven by narrow interests by what we want. Ouch. Now I want to be very clear. I am not implying that a child is a narrow interest. However, often in the quest to overcome infertility and childlessness, and even to some degree the grief of miscarriage, we can develop tunnel vision 
a narrow vision of what we think will bring us happiness. And in that narrow vision, we can miss all the good around us. We can miss out on the joy of others and we can become defiant to the way other ways God is trying to move in our lives. And when we do this, our pond can become murky. Our emotional and spiritual ecosystems, our social ecosystems can begin to suffer and become very murky, overgrown in a pond that is no longer producing a healthy output. Little side note about healthy ecosystems is that not everything that is good appears good. And that can be a little confusing sometimes. Let me explain. Bats, snakes, and possums are all signs of a healthy environmental ecosystem. Bats, snakes, and possums usually elicit a shriek followed by running in the opposite direction. And yet they're vital to a healthy ecosystem in nature. I think we can experience that as well when something feels scary or there's discomfort that enters our lives. We can shriek and run in the other direction, not realizing that that discomfort is what we need to be nourishing and it's what we need to be nourished. I'm not saying I sit outside and feed the bats and play with the snakes. They give me the heebie-jeebies. But I know when I see them outside, the area around me is doing well, even though there's some discomfort there. That's just a little aside to demonstrate that clearing the pond takes careful work. We need to know what to nourish, even when things are uncomfortable, and what to remove, the things that are not adding nourishment to our hearts. The things like anger and resentment, things like envy and confusion, these things do not and never will provide you nourishment. They're never going to help you have a healthy ecosystem for your heart. They just pile on the muck. You know this. You know when you get a baby shower announcement and you feel like bursting into tears, shaking your fists, and entertaining envy. You know that that does not add to your life. It does not add to your heart. It just makes you feel murky. When we add compassion and understanding and trust, when we wade into the deep and fully trust God through the discomfort, that feels right. That feels like we're contributing in a positive way to our spiritual ecosystem. Is that hard? You're damn skippy, it's hard. But clearing a pond, as I learned reading this book, emotionally and actually (laughs) is really hard work. Adding muck to muck, that's easy. Allowing vines and algae to grow wild, easy. Clearing out the muck, focusing and being deliberate about introducing good nourishment, really kind of freaking hard. (laughs) But if we want to find those calm, cool waters, it's what we have to do. We have to wade in and do the hard things. I was reminded that caring for your ecosystem be it the one in your heart or the one in your backyard, it's a daily, if not hourly, effort. So to the priest who told me to be more disciplined, you weren't wrong. I was just not sure what you meant at the time. Grief can blind us in so many ways. It can make us feel like the pond will never be clear again. So why bother? But that's simply not true. We can clear our ponds. 
we can return to a healthy, emotional, and spiritual ecosystem. We just have to be willing to wade in and work hard. I'm grateful for this beautiful book. I love plants, which is why I picked this book up. I was blown away by how beautiful Kimura related to the plants and how much they have to teach us. I was reminded that God is everywhere and because he is in every plant, every leaf and petal, and even in the muddy ponds, we can always find him. We can always return to him and we can always surrender to him and let him help us heal our ecosystems. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned on my own healing journey is that if we are open, if we are deliberate and always seeking joy, we can find healing everywhere because we can find God everywhere. When we're honest about how we're feeling, when something's not right, something's off, we know we're not being nourished. We know our hearts are misaligned. We know our relationship with God is not flourishing. We have to have the strength to be honest and take a hard look at our ecosystem and see what have we allowed to creep in? What have we allowed to grow wild and invade? What are we not nourishing? What are we not feeding? What are we not clearing out? It's about honesty and trust with yourself and also with God. So I hope you can relate to this idea, this reality that we are made of many ecosystems and it's our job to tend to each one. And when they are not being nourished, when we allow the negative, the muck to seep into our waters, our ecosystems suffer. And I do not think you can heal your heart when your ecosystems are not healthy. So that's my advice to you this week. Check in on your ecosystems. Be honest with yourself and with God about what you have allowed into those places. And with God, wade in and start clearing the waters so your heart can breathe easier and your healing can move forward. I hope this episode brings you some forward healing. I pray for each of you. For your peace of heart and your intentions. I pray for your hope, happiness, and healing. And I will add that I pray that you can find the courage to dig in, wade in, and take care of your delicate ecosystems that will make you stronger and healthier. Find those calm, cool, clear waters. I pray that you seek to find joy by trusting and loving God to sustain your hearts, regardless of the situation, no matter how hard it feels. My next episode will be in two weeks, and I'm going to talk about praying with all five senses and how that can help you on your healing journey. Our Lady of Sorrows, Our Lady of Consolation, pray for us. <laughs>